Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we are right here on 710 Live from Bellevue Square Center Court. How you guys feeling? Got a live crowd here. We got about a thousand people here right now that I'm looking at, and they are ready to go. Moyer, it's um, it's been a while. You and I have missed each other for uh, a few weeks. The show just ain't the same without you, man. I got to turn my mic on. I'm back. Yeah. So as you know me, I got my second granddaughter. So I'm uh, had to had to miss you guys last week. But good to, good to see everybody and. Obviously, disappointing loss last week as well as we played, and uh, but good to be back with you, Bump, and uh, miss you. I mean, you, you missed a little bit with us a couple weeks ago because you were coaching, and you know, I've been out of town. Now we're, we're back, the, the squad's back We both together. took a W. You got a W with a grandchild. I got yeah. a W on the football field. Can I tell that hey, story? boys are back in town. Can I tell that story? Go do it. Let's so, do it. So about two or three weeks ago, which he never misses. This guy is the hardest working guy in this business. He does Pac-12 on Saturday nights, and he's got a, we can have a 7 a.m. game, and he's got to catch either a late flight or sometimes a 6 a.m. flight if it's a home game. So he's all over the country. So it's a Thursday night that we're going to do Hawks Live, and I get a call from our producer, NASA, and he goes, hey, do you mind hosting the show? I go, man, what's going on? He goes, you know, Bump's got a Thursday night football game with Roosevelt, and he he really feels like he's, he's got to be there for them to, to win. They win 70 to 7. I go, no, 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 that's 20, not the It was point. 20, 70 to 20. Yeah, but it was 70 to 7 at the time. You guys gave up. I go, you needed to be there for them to win. He goes, yeah, you know, I may have overplayed that hand, but, um, but glad we're together. Hey, I just, I, you respect the opponent just like, every opponent has to respect the Seattle Seahawks. There you go. Just like the Seahawks had to respect the Bengals last week, right? Yeah. 17 to 13, they take an L there. Now, I'm, I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to losses. We're not okay with losses. We don't take a loss and say, oh, it's okay, but we tried hard. You look at the loss and say, man, they were so close. Man, if they did this, if this happened, and you replay it in your mind and you say, there's an avenue to where these guys win this ball game. When I look at this game, Moyer, I think the obvious is, right, you get into the red zone, you don't score. One for five in the red zone. You say goal to goal. They were what? How do you say that they a lot? They were one for four. One so, for four, goal you know, to goal. Explain it to goal. So, you know, if you're inside the 10-yard line it's, or whatever it may be, sometimes you get a penalty and it's first and goal from the 20, but it's, it's goal to go. So there's no way to get a first down other than a penalty. We were one for four in that situation, basically inside the 10-yard line. Um, you know, I look at this game and – there's many games that we've been on the road where you go, ah, we could have won that game. Mm-hmm. This is one we should have won this game. Yeah. We were better than Cincinnati. We played really well on both sides of the ball, particularly defensively. I mean, we're starting to play lights out, and particularly our front seven uh, is really becoming chaotic for teams. I think our secondary, secondary is really locked in in coverage. We've got playmakers all over the board and outside of their first two drives we completely shut them down um, it was a game that you, you look back and you go Gino played well a lot, he's, he's kind of taking some heat he's for, taking a lot of heat which is crazy because he, he played well other than five plays you know so you don't always have your your best game 
But when you're the quarterback in key moments, you know, we had two fourth down plays, you know, inside the, the red zone that we took sacks on. And then he missed on one play that I know he's kicking himself. And the team was like, we designed this play. And, and JSM was wide open. I think it was the second to last drive. We had, yep. It might have been the last drive. Um, and we ended up getting a first. He ended up scrambling and getting a first down. But it's a play that we were struggling inside the red zone. We needed to make a big play outside the red zone for a touchdown. But I thought it was a, it, we actually might have been our best game we played on both sides of the football statistically how we dominated that game after the first couple of drives we just couldn't get it in the end zone yeah that um i do a show a daily show bumping stacy 10 to 2 you guys got nothing to do at lunchtime come holler at me and um for a week i've been kind of defending gino and i've gotten so much heat from people and i ask these people i go all right well when you watch the football game Right. You're watching it from the TV perspective to where all you see is the quarterback, the lineman and maybe some backers depending on their drops. And I always tell people, I go, well, if you have the means, it's not free. Go and get the uh, NFL game pass and watch the all 22 because mm-hmm. then you're able to see what's going on on the back end. Are receivers open? Are they covered? What's going on? I'm not saying Gino played a perfect game. There were a couple of times where guys were open. But you look at the all 22 and guys are locked up. And then you look at the offensive linemen, um, there's, there were some protection problems. Gino did make some bad decisions, and L is an L. But what I do like about Gino is that when he steps in front of the mic, he's going to say the right thing nine out of ten times. Even if it's not the true thing, he's going to say the right thing nine out of ten times. And what does he always say? I'm a thumb guy. I'm appointed to me. And you should as, as the quarterback, because most of the time as a quarterback, you are the highest paid guy on the team. You are the guy who's going to get most of the glory. So when things go bad, you got to take it on the chin. And that's what I appreciate about Gino is that you take it on the chin. But there are some things that this offense needs to do to get right. When you look at this offense um, and you look at that game last week, what sticks out to you the most? Um, well, again, I, I'm going to just stay on the def- defensive side. One of the best games we've played in a couple of years. Our, Draymond Jones uh, played Unbelievable. Uh, Jaron Reed played un- unbelievable. Uh, Mario Edwards, in- incredible. Our front seven has been disruptive, and it's something we haven't seen in a few years. And we've gotten a little smaller on the fr- in- with our front, uh, our defensive linemen, but we're so quick now that they have to account for us, and they got to double team us. And again, sometimes Draymond Jones on the nose, just off-shaded uh, to our center. Sometimes it's Jaron Reed. Our secondary, we can lock up uh, um, Witherspoon. Witherspoon was on chase mm. all day. It, it, matter of fact, it really wasn't that close. I mean, Chase was trying to. I think he got really frustrated because Witherspoon can, can cover him. He, he matched up extremely well. So defensively, we, we got game. Offensively, it really just came down to about four or five plays. And Gino played well other than two or three decisions. The two interceptions, the first one to JSN, you know, it was just it was one of those I just felt like one, he forced it, he was covered, and two, it wasn't a great throw. We had a kind of a wheel route by our tight end that would have got us into within the five yard or inside the five yard line. Uh, the second interception to uh, DK, well, I'm, I'm putting this on DK too now. That was a lazy route. Yep. It, it was lazy. And yep. I'm not, you know, DK, you know, I know everybody's on him. Look, he's an aggressive guy, but he's also the second highest or third highest paid player on the team. Man, there's no plays off in this game. 
And no. you got to protect your quarterback. Not when I didn't feel like he did protect his quarterback. I agree. But I'm here. The real key was, man. Cincinnati's pass defense is one of the best ones I've seen. The way that they matched up in our the zone defense, and then they locked it into man to man. So they they immediately took away our short stuff. The safeties knew our routes with our our our, our wide receivers. So even though there were some mismatches with our wide receivers downfield on their safeties. They ran the route for us. So this is a, the NFL's about adjustments. Shane Waldron and the offense, they knew your routes. And you're going to have to make some adjustments from that. It wasn't every time. It's just the times when we did break down in coverage where we had a really good route combination, it, it didn't allow to develop. Uh, other times when we had time, they weren't route, great route combinations and we were covered all over the board. I thought we dominated this game. We played Cincinnati 10 times. I think we win eight of them. We win every one of them at home. We should have won that game. Really came down to us just not scoring in the red zone. Yeah, I would love to have kicked two field goals on fourth down. Hindsight is 20-20. We know that. At the time, I got why we went for it. You look back now how well our defense was playing. Maybe just get within a, a field goal because it was getting so hard. But uh, I think we're playing really good football. We ought to win our next two games. We got Arizona. We, I don't even know who we play after. I think Cleveland after that. Never mind. We got to win our next game, <laughs> and then we got to hunker down the week after. But we got two games at home. We need the 12s to show up and, and get to, what, 5-2. and two. Yep, and, and the 12s are going to show up. And now I'll, I'll focus more on the offensive side and what I saw and what I like, what I didn't like. Uh, what I did like is that I feel like JSN is really close to having himself a big game. It's been a development. My man has surgery. He breaks his wrist. He's playing with a cast. All that matters. Trust me, I'm a receiver. All that stuff matters, okay? Not making excuses. Just painting the picture for you to what he's dealing with. Also, once you get down into the red zone, if we decide to go two by two, three by one, spread them out, I just want to see receivers in the slot. I don't want to see tight ends. Yeah, right? You get down into the red zone. The, the field is shrunken down. There's only so many places you can go. Let's get some guys who can run some true, precise routes in there to get uh, Geno some more options. Also, I want to see Zach Charbonnet down there. He had two carries for yeah, five yards. I, I think once you get down there, man, you got to use him. Now, late in the game, he was used more in the pass pro situation. So what that tells me is that he's a smart guy. You don't just put any random running back back there in pass pro situation because there's going to be twists and stunts by that line. He's got to pick him up. Travis Homer was the best at that for a while. That's why he hung around for three or four years because he can pick up in pass pro. Uh, but what I did like down there is that I see what Shane is trying to do with his creativity. Now it's about executing and being able to adjust once the defense is doing something that you're not expecting to see. And, uh, and, and again, he's a, he's a young coordinator, three years in a game, and I think he's done a good job so far. But games like last week are the games that uh, allow you to grow, right? If oh. everything's easy, are you really growing or are you just calling plays? The NFL is a tough game, man, and they're smart guys, and they make adjustments. Cincinnati is one of the smarter defenses we had faced. We're going to have Jake uh, Bobo at 8 o'clock here. 19, let's go. And Bobo, my one thing was, what was I saying during the game? I go, why isn't Bobo in the red zone? I need more Bobo. (laughs) So we're going to talk to him when he comes on, and uh, we're going to get a win this week. All right, we'll get the win this week. And coming up next, we'll preview the Week 7 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. That is next right here on Hawks Live.
Knicks live. Presented by the Diamond District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. What's up? You're listening to Hawks Live presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show starts at 7 every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710. Broadcasting live from where? Bellevue Square Center Court with the greatest fans in all of the land. Thank you for joining us here today. Man, it's time to break down the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know, I know. You're going to hear the Cardinals and think, look, no Kyler Murray. James Conner is hurt. Buddha Baker. Buddha's hurt. That's a big one. He might be back, though. He might be back this week. He's on a, but, IR. They got to pull him off. Oh, but. they put him on the IR? Okay. Well, hey, Buddha <sighs> practiced today, so uh, he might be back. Well, I, look, you know me. He's a Bellevue kid, so I, I love Buddha, but I don't want him to play this week because he's a legit player, man. He's one of the best safeties. Here's in the one league. thing. I've known Moyer for about seven years now. Whenever he has a chance to make it about him, he's going to do that. It wasn't about he's me. It's about it. Bellevue. You said I coached him at Bellevue. I didn't even say, did I say I coached him? You also said you did won, like, 12 Did I say like, the reason I coached him, he's in the NFL and he's a, <laughs> he's a pro bowl? I didn't say that. You had just assumed it. Okay. Hey, that, hey you know what? It's a good assumption. That's though. my fault, though. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> hey, but let's break down these Cardinals, man. They're 1-5 right now. They have the 15th-ranked offense in the league, but they are number six when it comes to running the football. They might not, they're not going to have James Conner, uh, obviously, this week. Um, against the pass, well, passing the football, they're 26, 190 yards through the air, points per game. They are 20th, averaging 19.5. Those are numbers. We understand the numbers. Let's talk about the players. Now, the one they're missing, their franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, is gone. He's uh, He tore his ACL last year. He should be back in like three or four weeks, I think they're assuming. They got Josh Dobbs over there. My man will turn the football over in the fourth quarter. He's got a lot of turnovers as of late in the fourth quarter. Um, you respect everybody, but you feel like this is a quarterback you should be able to get after. Yeah, I mean, his numbers are good. He's completing about 63% of his passes, and he's got six touchdowns three interceptions. They've been competitive. They're one and five. It's a divisional game. They've had our number up here in Seattle a bunch of times. What's killing them is the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, they've been outscored 64 to seven in the fourth quarter. That's a crazy number. They were in it against San Francisco. So when you go and look at their games, first game of the season, they lose uh, 20 to 16 to, to uh, I can't, it's always hard for me to say the commanders, to Washington <laughs> at that time on the road. They lose to the Giants where they were killing them. They should have beat them. They lose in a heartbreaking game, 31-28. The Giants only win this year. They blow out basically Dallas. And Dallas at that time, everybody thought, wow, they're unbeatable. That's, they, they've come back to the pack. They play the 49ers tough in, up into the fourth quarter. And they, they get they beat in the fourth quarter. They end up losing 35-16. And then they've kind of made a slide since. They lost to the Cincinnati uh, Bengals uh, at uh, yeah actually at home 34-20 played well I mean I was watching that game and I go wow these guys they play hard uh, they they're young they they've got get the players down and then last week I felt like was the first game where they took a step back and that's mainly because you know they're starting to have a little bit of their injury bug they don't have the depth and they got beat at the Rams 26 to nine. No question, you know, look, this is a game that we should win, but it's a defense that gets after you. They do a lot of weird hybrid stuff. They got 18 sacks on the year, so we got to be aware of that. Yeah, we could lose, but it's a game we should win. Yep, I, I agree. They do some things. Every team in the NFL will do some things that will challenge you, right? There's no teams, even like the, the teams that threaten to lose 
every game in the season, every, what, five to ten years, they still do some things that you got to prepare for. Now, I, I look at this offense, and we mentioned uh, Josh Dobbs over there, the young man from uh, Tennessee, I believe he went to. He's like a, a, a uh, rocket scientist, one of the smartest dudes in the league. And then I look at the guys that, he, that he's throwing the rock to. you got Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson from Stanford. All right, now Michael Wilson is one of the best route runners in this rookie class, but not really explosive. Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown, excuse me, um, is one of the more explosive players that they have over there on offense. There's always something a team does to try to exploit you. I look at the Seahawks defense and I go, how do you match up against these wide receivers? You just shut down Jamar Chase for the most part. Trey Brown had a pick against Jamar Chase. Did you guys see the back and forth with Jamar Chase and Devin Witherspoon on social media. Oh, I love it. I love it. Devin Witherspoon ain't backing down from nobody. No, and he backed it up. And he sure did back and it up. And by the way, Chase was quiet. Well, well Chase was quiet during the game. He responded on social media, and then my guy Devin Witherspoon said, don't act like I didn't have you in a box. Oh, he had him in a box. He had him in a box. He, I don't want to say completely owned him, but he didn't get anything on Witherspoon. He got that one deep... Uh, uh, the one where we were, there was a penalty and they threw that deep comeback, and that was on uh, Reek Wilson, or uh, Woolen, excuse me. And then uh, there was, uh, actually, I think most of them were on Woolen. Uh, and he had, you know, I think, again, uh, Witherspoon had three passes defensed. Look, in the past, a mobile quarterback with a good tight end, because he still has Zach Ertz, who's older, but, you know, he's still yep. a crafty guy. You got Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson's averaging 17.6 yards per catch. So, you know, that... I just, look, we, that is our game now. I, we've got speed on the outside edges, uh, and we've got depth there. We've got speed inside, so it's hard for quarterbacks to break the pocket and scramble on us. We can match up at both corners. we got a nickel when we want. Trey Brown's playing well, too. So when we put Witherspoon in and the nickel, ah, we're, we're a tough team to beat on defense right now. So what you're saying there, there's a chance. There's a chance. I, I, not much for Arizona. I don't think they're going to score much I'm on saying us. a chance for us. No, there's a good chance. Yeah. We just got to get right on offense. And I really think uh, every time Geno's taken a little bit of adversity where he hasn't played his best, and again, he didn't play poorly last week. Just the big moments, we, we didn't come up with something. They weren't all, all, all his fault. They weren't. Um, he's always bounced back. Always bounce back well. All right, real quick. Um, the Cardinals have lost to the Commanders 20 to 16. The Giants 31 to 28. They beat Dallas. They lost to San Francisco 35 to 16. And then they lost to the Bengals 34 to 20. Last week, they lost to the Los Angeles Rams 26 to 9. A weird type of team. Good enough to be in some games, but then eventually when things start to break down, like you mentioned, 64 to 7 being outscored in the fourth, you got Josh Dobbs, turn the football over in the fourth. All I'm saying is that, look, you can't win it in the first. You can't win it in the second. You can't win it in the third, but you know what? You can win it in the fourth. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's get it. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. We have a chance to win gift cards from the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Sweet Restaurant and Lounge and STK Steak House. When we return, man, we'll talk to the fullback, Nick Valor. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome to Hawks Live. We out here with the greatest fans in all the land. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Mori every Thursday right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. 
We'll be talking that talk, doing what we do. And now we get to uh, talk to a guy who's good at talking that talk, man. He is really good at it. Nick Ballor. What's up, man? How Hi, you doing? Fan favorite here now. You give it up hey for guys, Nick. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We good. Yeah, we good, here. man. Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Um, uh, what, what are your Thursday nights like? I mean, you've been in the league a long time, man. You know, you're, you're ancient when it comes to uh, – NFL guys, thankfully Peters is on the team now to kind of take that title from you. What are Thursday nights yeah. like for you when you're not talking to us? Yeah, thank God we got a 41-year-old on the team now. Um, <laughs> well, things are a little different. I just had to hand uh, the baby off to my wife. I was holding her for a little bit. Um, so you guys caught me probably, well, I'm 34 now, so I got about 30 minutes and then I'm going to bed. So <laughs> I'd say that, that's the thing that changed uh, you know, from my rookie year, I always laugh though, thinking back because it never really changes because, you know, you, the, the season gets long, you have the long days, you're tired. And as you get older, you feel the aches and everything. Uh, but you know, you get in your routine and, uh, for me, I've got two kids now, so I try to help as much as I can when I get home. And then, you know, by the time about eight o'clock rolls around, uh, you know, you're ready for bed. So it's, it's not quite the uh, glamorous NFL life, you know, you, you see on TV or something. So Pr- pretty, pretty glamorous. First of all, congratulations on your, your yeah. new child there, man. That's, that's exciting. Yes. Uh, my, my son had a, he's 32. He had his child last week and uh, he's a weekend to it. He's, he's crying how much sleep he, he's not getting and he doesn't have to get up and, and go to practice. But I, w- the question I want to ask you, Nick is, you were in New York at the time, and your, your wife goes into labor, and I, my guess is that was a, I don't know if it was a tough decision, but I, my, what conflicting for you is, you know, you want to play for the team and, and your guys and also be home for the delivery of your baby. Can, can you just share how that whole decision went down for you? Well, it was a little weird because, uh, so I wake up on Monday morning to a knock at the door, so I assume... Uh, I had slept through like a walkthrough or something. Uh, and I kind of wake up and, uh, the door opens and, uh, you know, I hear a voice that says, Hey Nick, your wife's water broke. Uh, and then the door shuts and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I, I look at my phone, I've got missed calls and everything. And then, you know, I, I call my wife, Rachel and, um, she was due two weeks. She was due two days after the Bengals game here. So luckily my mom was in town, but we weren't really prepared for, you know, that to go down like that. But, you know, the baby comes when it wants to. So, um, uh, we were talking and then, you know, obviously I go downstairs. It's kind of weird because you have your game day routine and everything. And, um, you know, talk to the coaches and they were, you know, super supportive and they're like, yeah, we got to find a way for you to get home in time. So, um, which I appreciate it because that's kind of the weird thing is there's no, uh, hard and fast rule with that stuff. So, um, and you know, it's one of those things you feel weird leaving, but also, you know, yeah, you know, I'd like to think I have a, a bearing on the game, but I don't want to feel that self-important that, you know, Oh, if I'm not there, you know, we're not going to win or whatever. So, um, they got the flight. I got on the plane. It was kind of surreal just leaving, you know, before the game like that. Got home uh, right to the hospital. And then uh, 
our baby was born, you know, probably right as the game was ending. So it was kind of a crazy um, situation. And of course we were in New York, so it was about as far as can be, but uh, I was just very lucky to get home in time and uh, to be there for it. And, you know, lucky I'm, you know, part of a franchise and a team that would, you know, support a guy doing that. No, that's it's awesome. And uh, again, congratulations. So I'm going to ask you a follow-up question because we've had these conversations. The old days when we played, it was like, look, you're, you're old school. Yeah, you know what? You know, I'll, the child won't know I wasn't there for the delivery. I'm playing, right? And, and the, the world, right. the game's changed now. But, but a bunch of guys said, I said, well, what if it was a Super Bowl? And I remember <laughs> Max Strong said, well, that's different. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to throw it at you. I go, what if it was the Super Bowl? Would that have changed you at all? Or were you still, that no matter what, hey, I'm, I'm going to be there for the delivery? Uh, I'm trying to gauge how, I'm in, I'm in our bedroom with the door closed. I'm trying to gauge if my <laughs> wife can hear. Uh, but They're yeah, always no, listening, I, Nick. I'm, you know that. They're always listening. No, I know. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm probably going to have to miss the birth for that one, I think. But uh, it, would be, it would be tough. But, yeah, the Super Bowl, you got to, you know, you can, you figure it out, I suppose. But uh, you, you, yeah, you tell that, your that wife we're inducing. We're, we're inducing a week <laughs> yeah. before the Super Bowl, honey. We can't take a chance on that one. Yes, exactly. Hey, I got a, I got a couple questions for you. Maybe three, depending on how you answer these, right? Um, one, okay. when they flew you back, was it first class? Was it economy or was it a private jet? Uh, I was... Uh, I was uh, kind of middle of the plane, middle seat. So it was, uh, wow. I had to fight for elbows on both <laughs> sides. So uh, the, two guys, the two guys I sat with were a little stingy with the elbow room. But um, <laughs> I'd like to, you know, I had some, uh, you know, I was ready for the game that night. So I was, I think I had a little caffeine in my system and I was kind of <laughs> bumping them off of them. But it's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a long flight. But I was, uh you know, I was trying to uh, figure out how to get the game on my phone the whole way home because it started probably halfway through the flight, uh, but couldn't get it. So I had about three different people texting me updates of what was going on and stuff. So it was, it was kind of kind of a surreal experience. There you go. Assert dominance. That, that's what you got to do yes. in, the, in those situations. Oh, uh, my next question is, um, are you a girl dad or you got two boys? Uh, recently a girl dad. So, uh, May was just born here. And then, uh, my son Luke, uh, turns three in a week here or no, not on Sunday actually. So, uh, I got one of each. So I would like to think that we are probably done because I see some of my buddies that have three, four five kids and I can't even fathom it. Ooh, I, I got three. There's no man coverage with, with three kids, man. You got to play that zone and uh, keep your head yes. on the swivel. But one thing I can I can tell you, Nick, is that I don't know if this is who you are already, but once you have that girl, man, we just we just get soft, man. I'm so soft now. Well, my boy, I'm rub some dirt on it. Get out there and keep playing. My daughter, I go look. If anybody messes with you at school today, I will come pick you up and we will make this right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you got some some good things to look forward to. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. So it's uh, still early, but I can kind of feel, uh, you know, I need uh, the the least amount of softening I can get while I'm still playing. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you can definitely tell it's different. 
Nick, what a career. I mean, you're at Central Michigan. Matter of fact, I was reading up some of your stats there. Second longest start streak in the Central Michigan University history at 51 games. You played uh, linebacker, you know, you're all conference, and then you end up, you played a bunch of things. You played fullback, you played linebacker, your special teams captain. Man, just from when you were done to be 34 years old still playing in the NFL, any dream of that? I mean, is this beyond your wildest dream? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I, it would. I think it would be weird if I ever thought that I would get to this point. You know, I think, um, you know, I was just concerned about getting a, a scholarship. And then once I was in college, I just wanted to play. And then once I was playing, I just wanted a chance to play in the NFL. And, uh, you know, it's kind of gone from there. But one of the young guys was actually asking me, like, you know, before a game, if it if it ever changes and it really doesn't you know you get nervous you feel the same at before every game and it really doesn't change from you know your first one to whatever game this is for me now so um you know it's good and bad because sometimes you wish it would get you know easier and you know you learn things that make things a little bit easier but at the end of the day you know week to week you know month to month season to season you have to you know continually um like try to improve and and you know you're always focusing on like your routine of things and uh you know kind of keep your head down and then you know that day where they i say it's enough or they say it's enough then i'll kind of pick my head up and be like oh that was pretty cool that i did that but you know as of right now you know we're in the thick of it so you don't really have time to kind of reflect on stuff like that i suppose let me take you back 12 years ago. This is your pre-draft measurables. You come out, you're six foot one, 245 pounds, and you run a 40-yard dash at 4.9. Um, you run, you got a vertical leap of 32 and a half inches. You got a bench press. You bench 23 reps. Where are you today with some <laughs> of those measurables, and how has sports science uh, helped you along the way? Yeah, I mean, the, not even science can really help me with some of that stuff. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say I was pretty happy with the 32-inch vertical uh, back in the day because I tend to play below the rim. So that was <laughs> that was uh, what it was going to be. Uh, as far as 40 and that stuff, I was pretty much terrified to run that when I was, you know, at the combine because – you know, I was never like the fast guy. All the fast guys love running the 40, but if you're like you're not really into that, you never ran track and you just, you know, tried to play fast on the field, you get out there and I'm like, man, I'm out of my element. And then it's funny too because you see you see the fast guys before they run a 40, they, they do like the big hops up in the air to get, you know, whatever that does. And I always wanted to do that because I'm, I was slow as hell. So I was like, I know I should do that. It'll make me faster. But then you feel stupid because I'm like, I'm going to be that guy jumping up in the air and then running a four nine. You know, I don't want to do that. So, you know, I just put my hand down, ran my slow time and got off the field as fast as I could. But um, I'd like to think I kind of trimmed up a little bit over the years. So I'd like to say I'm, I pl I run a little bit faster than that now, if that's possible, maybe. But, um, you know, some of my teammates might disagree, but. You know, it, it worked, and I guess fast enough to keep doing it. So um, I think just kind of like working out over the years and, um, you know, you can only do so much. So 
uh, and then I see the young guys coming in the league now. I'm like, you know, my days are numbered. Every every new crop of rookies, you're like, holy hell, where do the, these kids come from? So. Yeah, well, mentally you're running a four-two. They can't, uh, you know, experience yeah. is speed. And uh, the nice thing when you're a veteran at that age, they don't time you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I had to start running forties, it's time to retire. So it's uh, <laughs> that's what I always say. Hey, Nick. Well, we uh, we appreciate you and your time on a Thursday night. You think the wife as well? Right? Just had a baby. I know the house is hectic. Um, you are one of our favorite yep. players and personalities out here in the Northwest, man. The people really appreciate it. you. Have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Back to diaper duty for me. There you go. <laughs> All right, that was Nick Ballore, man, the linebacker, the fullback. Whatever love you need Nick. him to do, he will do it for I, you. He's I, a, he's he's a blue-collar type of guy, man. I love players he's like that. He's a good player, man. All right, when we come uh, back, we'll go around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome to Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sports. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer. We call him Paul Moyer every now and then. You know, he got a little swag to yeah. him. Go check out his uh, his pictures back when he was playing. I mean, you still got swag now, but your swag you back in the even day. Com- you, you guys commented on my gate walking back from the, uh, from you're looking the restaurant. Good. You're looking sweet, good. You know, you know, healthy. Look, last year was was rough. It was a rough back year, man. I was I was struggling all through the season. I couldn't so even invite good. you to play golf. You said you have to take a few months off. I do, but I'm ready. Now you're ready? You're going to give me uh, how many strokes I get? Four or five? How many I get? How many you need? <laughs> how many you want? I'll give you whatever you want. All right, man. give me ten, and we're betting, too, right. so <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. All right, hey, it's time to go around the NFL. What is going on in the NFL? Well, let's start at home, though, man. There's a – the game has been – has changed a lot, especially back in our day when I played, when you played. I used to go across the middle and have to worry about getting my clock knocked off. Darn right. Right? Keep your head on a swivel. The way it should Catch, be. get down. Now you can't hit me. No. If I played in the league today, man, I might still be playing. Uh, Belor's 34. I'm 37. I might have stretched it out a couple more years. Um, but you can't hit defenses, receivers. It's no targeting, no launching. Got to hit the quarterback at a certain area on their body. And as of late, we had a guy in our quarterback, uh, Geno Smith, go through something, and it's called a, a hip drop tackle, right? So that's when a guy is being tackled, and you just drop your weight pretty much, and you make the tackle. Um, one, this is my opinion, and then you tell me yours, Moyer. I think that football is a violent sport. And I understand people trying to keep players as safe as possible, but the object of the game is to get that man on the ground. And especially when they are a, a runner at that point, they have the football in their hands, it's like you just get them down. I'm, I'm good with the horse collar, not doing the horse collar. You can control yeah. that. But the hip drop is one that I feel like is really tough to try and control. Um, what are your thoughts on the hip drop? And what are your thoughts on just playing defense in this league in general? Oh, well, <laughs> It would be hard. Uh, you know, yeah, you used to defend the middle of the field by saying, come across the middle and I'm going to knock your head off. And the quarterbacks used to protect wide receiver. That's not the case anymore. That hip drop, and it goes back to the Geno Smith one where he was running out of bounds and the guy just said he, grab, he grabs him by the waist and then he just drops down on him. 
Um, I don't love the tackle in the open field. I, right. I really don't. I, there's some things that aren't natural. I, I'll tell you what's not natural. You come across the middle, and, and it's a zone defense, right? Right. The old days, what were you taught to do if it was a zone defense on a crossing route? Me? As yeah. a receiver? Yep. You settle in space? Set it down. Yeah. Set it down. Why? Because you're about to run into a collision. Right. Today, they, they don't care about that anymore. They, matter of fact, they want to clear you out because they can work some routes behind you, right? Because they don't care about your safety. They say you're, that the safety is on the defense to protect you. Right. That's just weird nowadays. So what's not natural for me, if you're not looking, is to hit you at the knee. Mm -hmm. That is not natural. I don't want to blow your knee out. I'm going to have to. I got to hit you high. It protects me and it protects you. But now it's a penalty. So that, but the hip drop is one of those. If if a guy is running downfield, it's kind of like the horse collar tackle. It, it's a dangerous play. The only thing I didn't like about that play on Gino is as a defensive player, he was running out of bounds. I could have ran him out of bounds. And so there's kind of a a, a play where I go. It's just an unnecessary tackle. As a for defender, me. you could have ran him out of bounds. I, I run him out of bounds. Right. As a matter of fact, for me to do this hip drop. It puts me in a little bit of danger, too, right? May I hurt my knee? I sprain my ankle. I just ride you out of bounds. Now, if it's third, fourth and one, and I'm trying to beat you to that thing, I got to get you down. Yeah. So now you're telling me, oh, no, you can't really do that. So it's just, it's the old days, they used to have a, a, a rules book. It's probably about a quarter inch thick. Today, it's a Bible, you know, maybe multiple <laughs> Bibles. It's just, they're constantly adding more and more. So I don't love it. We can't protect everything. I think part of the, the allure of this game is it's a dangerous game. Yep. These guys get paid a lot of money. They know what they sign up for. You can't protect them on everything. And you know, there's just a point where I always think they, they overreact. Yeah, and I think, um, I think you're right. I agree with you 100%, right? If a guy's going out of bounds, it's easier just to corral him like, a, like some herd like a herd of, uh, of cow, right? And just, okay, you're out of bounds. When you're in the middle of the field, you got to do what you got to do to get the guy to the ground because he's going to advance the football. So, no, I'm with you 100% on that. And, and this is a receiver talking too, man. I'm going across the middle. Hit me high. Don't hit me low. Let me ask you this. So here, and I kind of said this jokingly to somebody. I go, look, if you're slower than me, then go down. Can you not <laughs> feel me coming? Seriously, can you not feel me from... Okay, I can't say. I feel like I'm the Iowa quarterback right now about to say something that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Can you not sense that I'm about to catch you? Yeah, And so sure. if that's the case... Can I not put a little bit of accountability on you two that you're not in a position for that? I mean, lean more forward, I don't dive, make a move, do something. Don't put it always on me. And I, and I asked that because I was kind of kidding, but I'm also serious about it. I go, when does the offense take some accountability for the dangerous throws, you know, the intersect points? Why does it have to be on the defender for everything? And that's the only thing I think How many most points does the defense score a game? Not many. That's why. Because we put up the points, Moyer. No one cares about We are the that. reason why people pack the stadiums to watch touchdowns. Let me ask you this. All if right? The, if the Seahawks won three to nothing every single game, do you all care? 
Yes, no, they do. No, they don't. Y'all don't want to see a 3-0 game? 17-0? You want to see 24-17? 17-0, baby. 31-21? I hear you. I get it. No, I'm just, I'm, I agree. I'm just devil's advocate. I got, I got to poke. It, it, I got to poke at you a little bit. It, it drives me crazy. Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Let me ask you a question. All right. Man, last week, boy, how the league changed quickly. Two weeks ago, who was invincible? Uh, the Niners and uh, Philly. Philadelphia. Yep. You know, I think, you know, you could throw uh, Kansas City. I don't think they're invincible, but they're 5-1. and one. Right. You know, Philadelphia for sure. Who's the best team in the league right now? And by the way, there's one team that has one loss, and it only came from the Seahawks. And that's uh, Detroit. The Detroit Lions. Do you think they're the best in the game? I'm asking you. No, I, I go three teams. I go Niners, Philly, Miami. So Niners, Philly, Miami. But, uh, I, I so wanted to do the Stacy question. Are any of those elite quarterbacks there? Nope. Not a one. Well, two is uh, leading in uh, yeah, I know, but w- MVP for a pick now. Could, a, could he win with an average team? No. Okay. It's no. weird. Weird times. Right. It's crazy, right? right? I'm there for it. All right. All right. All right. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, we're giving away gift cards to the Sweet Restaurant and Lounge and STK Steak. When we return, the reason why you are all here. Jake Bobo is going to join us live and in person. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on 710. Seattle Sports at Bellevue Square Center Quarter. Right now, we're joined by a guy who has taken the region by storm. It's Jake Bobo. One more time for Jake Bobo. <laughs> now, Jake, there, there are a lot of people who are jumping on your bandwagon, man, but I'm going to say, all right, I've watched you. I work for the Pac-12 Network. You came over to do. I'm like, who's this big, you know what, receiver going across the middle making plays? I'm like, DTR, who is this guy? He goes, man, that's my boy Jake. So once they drafted you, um, I knew that you were a true receiver, right? I, I, I saw the things that you were doing and understanding leverage and spacing and all that. So I was really excited to, to see what you do. Um, so thank you for making me look like a genius sometimes, man, because I, I told everybody my about pleasure. you. I told everybody about you, man, but, um, but for real, man, it's been a pleasure to watch you play. Thanks. Um, you made a play last week where it was a big hit, mm. and then I saw you get up, you're pointing, and you're smiling, then New York calls, and they say, hey, you got to take 19 off the field. Uh, what, what's that whole process like? Did this tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, man, you got to go to the tent real quick? Yeah, well, I, I made the mistake of kind of shaking my head at the, at the sideline to kind of say, you know, I, I brush it off, I'll be all right, but I think the uh, folks upstairs kind of took that as, you know, it might be a little wobbly down there. Um, so I, I guess they buzzed down to the ref, they stopped the game, had to come out, it was a little frustrating. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate the caution. I wish the hit wasn't as big, but <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Well, what, what, I was just ch- chatting with you. I go, I'm going to share one of my favorite plays. And, look, today the game has changed so much. Mm. I mean, it's almost – look, wide receivers are now taught to be like soccer players and flop. Yeah. You're oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not taught to flop, Moyer. Not you, but the new you gotta one. you got to get the call. The new one. You're old, man. You're an old <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you're backing it up? Okay. Back <laughs> no, it, it is. But you got up, and I think this is what makes you so endearing. The love of the game just comes out of you, man. You, you yeah. got up. You were smiling. You didn't care about the big hit. 
and I, I think that's what makes you, and what, look, you also, you know, you're the lead blocker for the first touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you go down, you're on special teams, you're, you make touchdowns in red zones. I mean, you just, I think it's just the love of the game. And you just well, talking with that. your, but I mean, it's not an act, man. This, no. this truly is you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the whole happy to be here thing is kind of cliche, but, um, I, you know, didn't really have any ex- expectations coming into this, right? So it's, what can I do to, to, you know, improve this team? How can I impact this team? How can I make plays to move this team forward? Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. I'm kind of just happy to be out there doing that. You uh, you're, more, you're more than that, though. I mean, I, I hear Gino talk about you, and, look, they're, they're pulling for you. But yeah. uh, So I'm, I'm going to take you back to this part. Like, look, you've been – he was at Duke for four years. His, his dad was uh, – and mom and dad both went to mm-hmm. Dartmouth, so mm-hmm. he's got some pretty smart genes well there. Done. Your dad was a wide receiver at Dartmouth. Yes, sir. It, it, has he finally given up the mantle to you that you were a better wide receiver? <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Pretty good. But one thing that gets you from being a drafted player is mm-hmm. your 40 time. By yep. the way – happened to me at my senior hey. year too um are you really a four nine nine forty hundred percent are you really <laughs> um <laughs> you could beat that today. <laughs> well so here's the thing right it's like it first comes out all right who's a guy who runs four nine nine playing for ucla absurd um and you kind of are you know it's embarrassing you know is what it is. but at, at this point i mean do you kind of just have to embrace it right yeah. you know what i mean like this i i kind of enjoy being the probably the slowest wide receiver at least 40 time wise in in NFL history right like that's got to be <laughs> up there in the ranks um so for me is you know embrace that that's who I am um you know it, it I think it kind of complements some of my other skill sets which you you touched on earlier um but at this point it is what it is man yeah, well, you, I, uh, you play faster than that, obviously. And there's there's something you. about being smart and understanding defenses and, and separation, yeah, getting open. No doubt, so. no doubt. Yeah, man. Um, I I'm a receiver, so I know a route know. runner, and oh, I know I a know. guy who understands what he's doing when I see it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's different. There are guys who run who can run here or there faster than anybody, but can you do right. it with 11 other bodies out right. there and a coverage? Right. Um. Is there a route that you like the most? Because I know I was a slot guy. So yeah. whenever I had my option route at five, I can stretch to eight, depending on yeah. what the defense is yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. No and I can, I can manipulate what's going on. That was my favorite route. Is there a route right. that you enjoy the most? I'm a big option route guy. Um, just being able to, you know, like you said, diagnose coverage, um, use leverage and stuff like that, but also any double move. Right. Right. So I, I don't want to just run a straight line down the field. I want to try to manipulate, you know, get him go one way so I can go the other. Uh, make it look like I ran right by him when in reality um, probably just put a move on him get down the field um, Yeah, but any double move option routes um, Anything where I'm not running a straight line, right? Yeah. Which you know in, in today's game. Yeah, you can't just run a straight line I mean right. you got you got to change up speeds. Mm-hmm. Let me t- let me take you back to high school You grew up in Massachusetts yep. uh, You recruited by Wake Forest least and by the way, here's what was really funny I, I pulled up his Wikipedia page or, <laughs> or Wikipedia however you want to say it um, and he goes I have a Wikipedia page. And so I show him, I go, yes, you do, uh, which is, is pretty cool. So you're recruited by Wake Forest, Boston College, mm-hmm. Army. Mm-hmm. You end up going to Duke. Talk yep. about that. And was Army, uh, was that a serious thing you were doing? Obviously, be pretty cool school to go to academically. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was honored to e- even be 
kind of considered um, for a spot at that uh, at that institution. Obviously, Radigan uh, is a guy that, that yeah. went to Army, um, and, and he's a stand-up guy. So, you know, that was cool to be in that position. Um, but going back to the whole recruiting thing, you know, I was, I was an under-recruited guy. It kind of mirrored my pre-draft process, um, or kind of a guy that kind of, you know, flew under the radar. Um, and, you know, I embraced that. Um, happy to land where I landed in Durham um, obviously made my way out to LA by the end of by the end of it um, but it was I mean it was a cool process for sure. why, why, why that by the way I mean you have four good years mm-hmm. in Duke I mean that yeah. program's turned around I get oh you know gosh, you, you yeah. got a, a standing ovation here you're a hero as a 12 other than being a basketball player you're probably not as loved at Duke but yeah. how, do, how do you your fourth year obviously you graduate yeah. and why UCLA yeah, um, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I still probably consider, um, you know, Duke is, is my school, where I went to school, obviously graduated, um, was there for four years. I loved Durham, North Carolina, um, but wanted, you know, I had one year left, got the COVID year, had one year left of eligibility and, and figured I'd take a shot. You know, my, it's weird. My, my dream growing up was always I want to play college ball. It wasn't necessarily I want to go play in the league. Um, and so I kind of took that year and saw that year as an opportunity to, to kind of live out a kid's dream and, and go take a shot at, you know, winning a conference championship, competing for a national championship, uh, which we'd have had the, the chance to do if we didn't squander it. Um, but, you know, it was just taking a shot. I figured I'd go out to, to L.A. Chip Kelly's a Northeast guy. Yeah. So connected with him. Um, and it was it was awesome, awesome experience. Now, um, I was an undrafted guy myself, and uh, when, when you get into the locker room, I don't know if, if this was the case oh, for no, you. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're going to say. You got these BS lockers uh-huh. in the middle. The rolly lockers? The rolly lockers. Uh-huh. You're like, look, you're seeing guys getting peeled back every single day. Yep. So, yep. so the realization of the situation that you're in, like, it's, it's real. As soon as you get in there, and I made a connection with our backup quarterback immediately. Mm-hmm. I go, this is the guy that's going to make – or help me make this team. Yeah. Um, I would assume it was Drew Locke for you, yeah, or, or yeah. was it someone else? And then once you made that connection, did you guys have the conversations like, all right, man, it's, it's me and you, or was this an unspoken type thing to where you know, I'm going to just do my thing? You know, I, I don't know if I necessarily had a guy like that to where it was, okay, you know, um, you know we're going to do this together. Um, but I think kind of the, the there's an easy connection to make between QBs and wideouts. Um, and for me, that guy was Drew in the preseason, um, obviously starting out in OTAs and in camp, um, just, just being on the same page with him because that's who I was on the field with. Like I wasn't, you know, hadn't made enough plays yet to be on the field with seven. Um, and so being out there with Drew, um, and he definitely took me under his wing, uh, talking about scheme stuff, um, you know, the culture of that organization. Um, and then obviously on the field, uh, felt like we – we made a pretty pretty quick connection, um, so that was cool, and I'm, you know, very thankful that he took the time to do that. You know, what's been fun is just to watch how excited the your teammates are for you when you scored that <laughs> touchdown. And I mean, that's I mean, do you feel? I don't even know how I want to. Do you are you in, in awe of that? I mean, look, you got DK Metcalf, yeah, you got yeah, Tyler yeah. Lockett, and these guys genuinely uh-huh. like you as a uh-huh. human being and want yeah, you to how about be the that? Best. How great is that? <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah, it's stuff like Lock run out there and grabbing the. You know, I'm I'm a. Um, I made the wrong decision to lose the football <laughs> after the um, after the touchdown. He ran out there, no helmet on, grabbed the ball, make sure I got it. Um, and it's just stuff, stuff like that, not only that shows you kind of the, the composition of that receiver room, 
um, but also that, that organization. Um, and so it's cool to be embraced by those guys. Um, but what you don't see is how they are with, with the other rookies. They're the same way. Yeah. Um, and so if, you know, if guys like, you know, Tyjon Lindsey, um, you know, Lance, Lance Boykin in the corner, if they make a big play, um, you know, the sideline erupts. And it's so cool to see that because, um, you know, I don't know if that happens at other places. I'm assuming it's not the same. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful to have landed at this spot for sure. You give me uh, the feel of a guy who's not afraid to have conversations on the football field while you're playing. You know, there's some guys <laughs> who are really uptight, don't say nothing. There's some guys who are talking trash, some guys who are having fun. You give me the feel that um, you'll have some conversation and laugh some things off. Like, what yeah. is, what is a, a, um, a seven-play stretch like for Jake Bobo out there when it comes to interacting with the other team? With the other team? Let's go both teams, okay, your okay. team and the um, other team. yeah, yeah. yeah. With the other team, it's it's very. I'm a um, I'm reactionary, so if you know if there's a little trash talking going on, okay, I'll dig into that a little bit. Um, but if it's not, you know, I'll kind of stand my own lane. Um, but when I'm out there, dude, it's it's for anybody. It's survival. Right. Um, and yeah, right now the the game is flying. And it, it, the good good part is is I've seen, you know, it's become easier since some of the camp stuff since early in the preseason. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just out there. Yeah. Looking to make plays. Um, if I do, maybe I'll let you know that I did so maybe I won't. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a vocal guy. You say, sure. you say anything to the guy that gave you that big hit or did you just kind of shake it off? And, ah, you can't you say anything after that one. <laughs> no, after, yeah, yeah. You're lying face down on the ground. It's hard to get up and talk trash after that. You know? what, did, well, I know we only got a bad minute. What other sports? Did you play other sports in, in high school? Basketball. Basketball? Yeah, miss those days. Got, got a little, little bit of height there. Last question mm -hmm. for you, though, I got to ask. Flea Flicker, mm -hmm. was that designed for you? Um, you were so, open. So, yeah, I was open, but it's the it's that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like you guys get it because you played. Is there's you know a quarterback's got he's got his read. It's one to two to three, and on that yeah. I think I'm the third. So it's the back to I think Disley was running a corner, yeah. and then I was over the top, um, and he just didn't have time to get there. And so you know social media is going nuts, saying Bubbles open. Why didn't GCM? Um, but, you know, folks just don't understand. Like, right. he's not looking there. You know, yeah. If he had time, he'd have got was. there. But, he, yeah. I was oh, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, yeah, it is what it is. I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, people just, Gino, throw the ball. I go, yeah. there's a progression yeah. he's going through. Yeah, if you can't get there, you don't get there. Uh -huh. um, special teams. Mm -hmm. what, what's that like for you running down? I remember the first time they asked me to make a tackle on special teams. Like, I haven't done this since I was a freshman yeah, in, high I was in high school. Yeah, what, what yeah. was that like for yeah, you? Yeah, I haven't tackled anybody since, yeah, yeah, my senior year of high school. Um, so. So that's, you know, that's, and I didn't play a ton of special teams in college, especially later in my career. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's like some of the run game stuff. I, you know, that's something I enjoy. Right. So I'll, you know, I'll dig into running down and covering kicks uh, for blocking on kickoff return, uh, making plays on the punt team is, you know, like I touched on earlier, I'm just, I'm really just trying to find ways to contribute to, to what this team's doing. Cause you know, I, I get this feeling people in that building get this feeling um, I don't know if the fan base quite gets this yet, but this it, it feels like a special squad, and I'm, right. you know, I'm just looking to, to move us forward. Well, we appreciate you taking time yeah, out no of doubt. your day. I appreciate you guys. You don't live close, so thank thanks you, for thank making you. the drive, man. I appreciate it. Jake Bobo, man. Uh, when we come back, we'll go inside the film room. We'll look at Trey Brown's interception, Jake Bobo's 20-yard reception, and then the final play of the game that is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. 
Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We are here every Thursday at 7 p.m. at Bellevue Square Center Court. This whole thing is uh, presented by the Bellevue Square Dining District. We just spoke to Jake Bobble. He's taking pictures, kissing babies, and shaking hands just like the man. How good a he kid is, is man! Great dude, man. I, you know great what? Dude. It's one of those where, man, you just love guys who just appreciate the opportunity yeah. and the moment today. And it's, you know, it's, it gets tougher as you get older and become more of a superstar. If every guy had that attitude, my right. goodness, man, they, they would be off the charts. Hey, that's too easy. I know. We keep it complicated over here. I know. Sorry. <laughs> All right, man, let's get into, inside the film room. The first play we're going to look at, man, Trey Brown. He goes, look, you missed me for a week. I am back. You get, last time you saw me, I had interception. This time, I got another interception. This time, this pass was intended for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase wide to the near side, and Brown is on him. Burrow from the shotgun on second down and five. Takes the snap, three-step drop. He's going to lay it up over the top. He's got Chase Brown. It's intercepted! Intercepted by Trey Brown! The ball is thrown deep by Burrow down the near sidelines. It was intended for Chase, and Trey Brown turned at the last second, got his hands up, makes the interception. What you see there, Moyet? Um, look, they're, they're doing this a little bit. I really like what we're doing, too. Which we're dropping down uh, digs, uh, our free safe. It would look more like a cover two look uh, at times. And then they drop digs down, and they put uh, Jamal Moore not completely in the middle of the field. And in this case, they're maybe trying to help over the top with Trey. I, they, it's just, you know, it's, everybody's singled up. Burrow goes, all right, Woolen's on the right side. I got Woolen on the right side. I'm going to go to Trey Brown because he doesn't run a 4-3. He runs a 4-4. <laughs> um, but I would say this. I go, Trey Brown might be technically our best corner. Really? He, yeah. I mean, with his footwork, his hand position, I'm not saying his length, his speed, you know, quickness, you know, but we loved him when we got him in the draft. He was a legit corner, which we haven't had in a while at Oklahoma. And before he got injured with his knee injury, we thought he was, you know, potentially going to be our best corner. You know, Woolen pops up, and then we obviously we get Witherspoon. But he's just in man-to-man. He's all by himself out to the left of the defense's left. Perfect position. Gets his hand on the chest. He is right in the guy's hip pocket. He turns perfect. He becomes the wide receiver on it. He makes an interception, and all this guy's starting to do is make plays. Yeah, I look at that situation. I think Joe Burrow looks over to his right. He goes, oh, I got Jamar Chase against. Who's this guy again? Oh, 22. Yeah, 22. I'm going to take my chances against 22, and he just plays it perfectly, squeezes him to the sideline, handle the hip, make sure he's in good position, locates the football, goes up and gets it. The composure in that moment was impressive to me. And, and who is he covering? Jamar Chase. And how was he covering him? Man like, on man. And, and it was easy like for him. Like white on rice. It was easy for him. And, and Burrow does look left briefly. I didn't know if they, what, he, what he saw. Maybe he thought, okay, this is purely one-on-one in this situation. I got my best wide receiver and maybe their third best corner. I think he's trying to move that safety. Like, I know where I'm going. But yeah, I'm but, look here. And that's where uh, Jim, um, Adams actually stayed more in a half position uh, on that. Uh, just great coverage. And, and, again, he's making plays. We got three, four legit corners. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right, this next play, Geno Smith finds Jake Bobo for a 20-yard gain and takes a big hit, setting up first and goal. Here we go. Second down and 10. Smith empties the backfield. Sends Smith and Jigba wide to the far side. Walker wide to the near side. Empty backfield for Gino. Takes five-step drop. Looks, throws. 
reaching up, making a catch as Bobo. He is slammed to the ground. Three flags come in as the defensive back hit Bobo. Hill hit him right in the face mask. Bobo held on to the ball. How? I have no idea. I love this right here, Morgan. <laughs> and the reason why I love this, one, is because the understanding that I have to take this inside release. Because if I go outside, I'm going to bump up against my guy and I'm going to make this play easier for the safety. That inside release makes that safety have to stay vertical in the middle field just a little bit longer, and then you snap it off around 10 to 12 yards, you toss it up, and you know you're going to get hit on this play, Moyer. Yeah, As a receiver, throw. you know you are going to get hit, but he concentrates, catches the football, possession is everything, comes down with it. Yeah, we, Jake's still here. We should bring him over here and tell him to coach this thing up. But you're right. The one thing he does, not only does he get an inside release, he doesn't get rerouted or jammed, right. right? So he's still got his speed moving forward. He now knows he's past the underneath coverage, mm -hmm. and I've got a safety. So I can't keep running to him. I've got to snap this off now. Gino doesn't throw maybe the best throw here for right. him because it kind of throws it behind him. I would like them to let him more, a little more to the sideline than give him a chance on that. It's a great catch. It's a great route. It just shows how smart he is in his, in his pattern, re not reading, but uh, development against coverage. Right. But the part I love the best, he gets smacked and he gets up and he's smiling like, <laughs> I love this game, man. Wide receivers don't do that anymore. They want to fight. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I got hit in the head. Now I want to yeah. fight because yep. he he, there's a 15-yard penalty. There's three flags thrown like, you know, somebody just committed murder here. I, look, I, after this play, I was like, why aren't we using him in the red zone? Because I thought they pulled him out the rest of the game. He actually went back in. Went back in. But, Wasn't in at all on that last drive. We had Parkinson, which, I, look, I like, you know, Parkinson a lot. He's a tall receiver. But his recognition of what the defense is to get that quick. I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to hurt him too much. It's that Larry Bird first step, right? I know where to go. It's, it's a quick first step. I'm open. I have separation. Hit me now. And I tell you what, he's dangerous in the red zone. Coach Waldron, you got to use him more down here in the red zone. All right, this last one will be quick. We got Geno Smith, man. He uh, last play of the game. Pass falls incomplete. Fourth and goal. Game over. You got all three of the receivers coming near side. DK, Lockett, and JSN. Parkinson is winged on the left side. Walker in the backfield. Gino going to take a shot. Gets hit as he throws. And the ball just flutters to the ground. And once again, the pass rush hammers Gino Smith. And once again, the Seahawks offense cannot get a shot to the end zone because the protection just can't hold up against this Bengal defense. Talk to me. Uh, you know, it's funny. We had uh, Anthony Bradford on a few weeks ago, and I had told him, I said, one of the cool things about you, I go, is you really understand stunts. And so they run basically a tech stunt, where they, mm -hmm. bring, the, they, they bring the tackle, and they, he tries to get wide on our, our, our right guard at the time, which was Bradford. Bradford sees the stunt. The defensive end slows down and tries to stunt back underneath. They've got to pass this off. Yep. And Bradford is kind of looking for Kirhan. Where are you? And because he didn't come off his guy quick enough, Bradford had to stay with his guy. So, look, Gino had no shot. I'm not sure 
He looked to his left. Um, I think if we pick up that stump, he comes back right and he finds Lockett open. But that's a long developing play. Protection broke down. I wouldn't even call it an incomplete pass. I mean, it was just probably even a fumble at that point. Yeah, it didn't stand a chance there, man. No. Got a young offensive line trying to figure things out. What do you do? You provide some pressure. You throw them stunts at them, man. Hey, make sure you get out to the Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pre-show meal at one of our favorite places, Sweet Restaurant and Lounge. Man, I had... What I have, I had the sliders, we had some tacos, we had the cauliflower, we had the orange chicken. Moya, yeah, you had some seafood too, didn't you? I, what did I? Oh, yeah, I had some uh, ahi tuna. It was, it was awesome. And then I got my, uh, bringing some uh, blackened chicken pasta or something back. And I will tell you this, on, honestly, God, their customer service there is off the charts. Second to none. What, I mean, they... We walked in. They knew our names. We hadn't been there in a year. No, they knew Moyer's name. Well, I showed up late. They, they, I showed up late. They knew, they knew Moyer's they name. They said Paul and team. But they, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, but really, they knew each of our names, what we did. And, uh, again, that was just great customer service at the suite over by the Hyatt. Go there and check them out. Yep, go check them out. All right, when we return, we will talk that talk. That's when we pick a few topics. I tell Moyer he's wrong. He agrees with me like he always does, and uh, we make things right. That is next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. The real ones are still here. Those are our peoples right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. I know Jake Bobo bought like 500 to 600 on his own, but you know what? We got our family right here. And you know what family does from time to time? We get in arguments. We get in debates. We talk that talk. And uh, that's what we're going to do right now. So, Mo, as yeah. long as we are, we love each other at the end. At the end. That's all that matters. Yes. And, and that's what we do. Yep. All right. So it's time to talk that talk. This is what happens. I'm going to ask a question or make a statement. Moore is going to tell me if that statement is correct or false. If I agree, I will agree. If not, I will tell him why he's wrong. And um, we'll just do what we do. We've been doing this a long time now. This is four or five years now. Yeah. And look, tonight may be the time you get a win. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's always a first. Hey, I'm from Cali, L.A. We respect the OGs. So there you know you what? Hey, respect the OGs. OG, OC. But I'm going to let him know when he's wrong. No, for real. All right, you ready? Do it. All right, first one. When the season is over, the Seahawks defense will be the strength of this team over the offense. Ooh, uh, which is interesting because I think we all thought our offense was definitely going to be the strength. Right. Well, I, from a trend standpoint where we're going, yeah, I think the deep, man, it's going to be close. I think they're both going to be finishing the top 15, which, you know, where we started, you know, defensively, that's, that's going to be a jump. But I love what our front seven's doing. Te- teams can't run on us. Right. Uh, and I love now with Trey Brown and Woolen and Witherspoon, and we got Diggs and Jamal Adams, and we got Love. Man, I, I, I like what we're doing. I, I think the defense, I think they're going to edge them. And, and and particularly, we got to get Lucas back, and we got to have a complete offensive right. line. Here's the thing. I think that the team goes further if the defense is better than the offense. Agreed. I really think that. But I also think that with the weapons on offense, the potential is greater right now. I think we're kind of seeing what this defense could be. I think that DK's proven. I think Lockett is proven. I think Gino has shown that he can do it, but that offensive line is a little bit suspect. I say all that just to contradict everything I just said. 
and agree with you and say that, yeah, I think the defense is going to be mo better. All right. That kind of ties into my question right now. All right. In the past, when we get towards a trade deadline, you're always looking at what could make us better? What could put us over the top? So let's just say we're nearing that trade deadline. What position would you want to trade for that could really put us over the top? And that means we got to take a starter out right. of that equation. Right. Here's the thing. I look at the starting secondary. I ain't getting rid of nobody. Mm -hmm. I look at the starting linebackers. I ain't getting rid of nobody. I look at the starting D-line. I'm not getting rid of anybody. Quarterback, I'm good. Receivers, I'm good. Running backs, I'm good. I'm looking at that old line, and I'm saying, all right, if there's anywhere you could take a starter out and put someone else in, I would go with the offensive line. Not to, I'm, I'm not saying that this line is not capable. I think maybe when they're healthy with Abe Lucas and Charles Cross and Damian Lewis and Devin Brown, uh, Phil Haynes or Anthony Bradford, you got Olu. There are guys who are capable, but I also think that there might be somebody out there who's a bit more ready to lead the charge on that offensive line. So I look at the O-line and I'm saying, if there's a move I would make to bring a starter out, It'd be the big boys. What say you? Yeah, I, the, and, and the way I'm looking at this is also it's going to cost us draft capital. Right. We're not going to trade a player for a player. It means we're giving up a second, third, fourth round pick next year. And I, I, I would not trade. I don't know who, who would be out there that would really improve us because I feel like our edge rushers are there. I mean, Mafe is just getting better. Achina has been really consistent. Um Bobby Wagner and Brooks inside. I mean, we, we got Devin Bush, who was a healthy scratch last year, who can play. You got Jamal Adams healthy. I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty strong. And the same thing, running back, Canine. But Canine is running so well. And I know yeah. we want to get Charbonnet in there, but, uh, you know, Canine can run hard, too. Re receivers, JSN's really starting to come into his play. We just had Jake Bobo, who's a threat, uh, particularly in that red zone. Actually, not even a red zone. I, I'm playing the guy more. Uh, we're going to have D. Eskridge back in two weeks, you know, after the sixth game. And he was playing well. But offensive line, I just feel like we're banged up right now. Uh -huh. And if Lucas is out more than another week or two, that would be a position I would say, all right, for us to be truly at our best, um, again, that last play, fourth down, we broke down on the right side with Jake Curran and, and Anthony Brapper. I think Anthony Brapper is going to be a stud. I would, I would maybe make a move for tackle, even though I got two young tackles, but with the potential that guy could slide inside at some point. But I, this is the first time in years where I go, I, I'm not really looking at the trade deadline. Right. You know, I, I don't know if there's that one guy which, who's just going to put us over the top. Which tackle would you slide inside? Well, I wouldn't do that. I w if I was to trade for somebody where I said, hey, look, Lucas is still banged up and it's it's extending longer than, than we thought, then I, I need to shore that up, right? right? And then I, I can move. I think Curhan is, is better inside anyways, but I would say for that tackle, if he's older, hey, look, you're going to compete in the guard position in the future when we get Lucas back because I got my two tackles. But I wouldn't have a problem moving Lucas inside the guard someday. You know, so that's my only thing. And that's such a, a, a that's not even a wish. It's just if that played out. You know, what's wild is that we might see a 41-year-old on the football field for the Seahawks this week.
because of what's going on on that offensive line. And that is Mr. Jason Peters. Now, typically we see him at the tackle spot. Maybe you move him inside to protect him from going up against the most athletic football players on the field. In my opinion, of course, those big uh, edge rushes, those DNs. I don't expect a lot from him, but just stability, right? I mean, if, it, if we need him, I look, I like Bradford a lot. Uh, you know, I like Lewis. Uh, if Phil Haynes is healthy, he, I, I, I made the case, I thought last, maybe it wasn't last year, the year before, he was playing as well as any offensive lineman or better on our team. Um, I don't have a problem with Peters. I don't know if I'd love him outside because I think he's lost some of that quickness, but he's a big mountain of a man inside. Uh, that would that would be good. I, I just look. We got to get Lucas healthy. Right. That, that's that's number. All five of our starting offensive linemen are questionable right now. I think they'll all play, but they're all questionable. All right. Get Lucas back. Go Cougs. By Amen. the way. Go Cougs. Yeah. Look, they need a rebound this week. What what has Arizona State done at all this year? I, did you? I ain't even talking about Arizona you, State. But you're talking about my Cougs. But I might be on the sideline this week and and get a little humble pie. Okay. And I may have to wear my maroon and gold. I hope you do. I will. All right. All right. What you got? Am I doing this Is it one? me? I'll, I'll, I'll throw it at you. All right. Look, um, there's been, we're talking about Kaleeb Williams, who's agent, I guess agent. They're saying that part of his contract, that they want ownership as part of that contract. Which, USC by the way, quarterback. Yeah, USC quarterback. He'll be the number one pick for sure. That ain't happening. You cannot play in the NFL and be an owner. No. As a matter of fact, Tom Brady, they always say, oh, he's coming back. Well, he's part owner, uh, minority owner with the Las Vegas Raiders. That ain't happening. He's going to have to give up that ownership to play. But, you know, these guys are making a lot of money now. So I, I guess my question is, in our lifetime, will we see a current player have ownership stake in the NFL or, or a former NFL player as a majority owner? If you're a majority owner, you are a billionaire upon billionaire, right? Yeah. And I think that players are getting there because they're able to um, diversify their portfolio, right? You're not just a football player. You own this, you own that, you invest in this company, that grows. Um, but I think, man, it's, there's just a conflict of interest for a current player. Now, for a former player, I think there needs to be a span of time, maybe 20 years after they're done playing, to where uh, your influence on the game isn't as great. Like, say someone like Tom Brady were to be a majority owner right now, man, we'd be yelling collusion all day if anything suspect were to happen. The owners now have been owners for such a long time. Um, they collude in other ways. It's not, not going to twist it. That's what they do. But um, the integrity of the game is not in jeopardy. So I, uh, I, don't, think, I don't think we're going to see it. Yeah, Michael Jordan owned, uh, obviously, the, the, a basketball team. He's, he's the richest, you know, former athlete uh, of all time. And I think, you know, maybe Tiger Woods, you know, has got to be up there. But um, I don't see it happening. It, it's such a mega you know, these, these franchises now are four or five billion dollars. Yeah. I just don't think they can make that kind of money. Even though money makes money, they're not making that kind of money. Not in my lifetime. Maybe in my grandchildren's lifetime. <laughs> I second that. Yes. All right. When we return, we'll put a bow on this thing. Show recap and final thoughts are next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bones with Paul Murray. This is the last segment of the show. 
My producer gives me a card to read at the end of the show. And I dropped it somewhere, but I found it. Oh, did you? And my producer, I'm gonna have to buy him a drink after this because uh, he's gonna be angry at me. But I gotta, I gotta get him mad at least once a year. Once a year, I get him mad. I, I heard it. Did you find it? It's my one time. Yeah, I got okay, it. Okay, got it right here. All right. All right, man. So, uh, it's good radio. It's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's time to put a bow in this thing and look forward to our opponents this weekend, the Arizona Cardinals. We had opponent preview earlier during the show, and I think we both. Obviously, I think we always come into the week respecting the opponent, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you have a backup quarterback. Okay, your running back is banged up. I think you're getting um, uh, Buda back. Maybe. Sounds like you're getting Buda back. Uh, but this defense has been really good as far as getting after the quarterback, and not even from the D line. It's more from the second yeah. level with, with your linebackers. So we talked about the stunts that we saw against the Bengals when it comes to uh, the defense alignment. They're going to run some stunts with those linebackers as well. So if I'm watching the film, this is a copycat league, right? What are you going to do? You're going to throw something at these, uh, these offensive linemen to see what they can handle. Yeah, matter of fact, when you go and watch the Cincinnati game and Arizona game, they ran a ton of stunts up the middle. Uh, and so they, they found something in Cincinnati's protection. Look, it's a divisional game, man. They know us. We know them. It's we don't like them. They don't like us. It's, we're a better football team, but you know we got to go play well. Um, I just think kind of get back to the basics again. You know, let's let's run the football. And we're going to have to make some adjustments, though, and particularly in our routes. Uh, they are going to give us some these hybrid things, like you said. You know, they're going to have seven guys standing around the line of scrimmage and. You got to figure out who's going to blitz, and sometimes they blitz, sometimes they don't. They're really aggressive. You watch them on film, you go, "Wow, I like the way they play." They're just not there yet. They don't have that quarterback, though. He's 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 very uh, mobile. Um, they have some speed outside. They got a veteran tight end. I just well, it, we should be four and two after Sunday. Man, I, I I feel you, and I look at the challenges that they present. And I think that in certain areas, it's good for them when it comes to the matchup. But everywhere else, the only thing I, I look at them and I go, okay, you can give us problems there. There's blitzing and stunts and all that stuff. But everywhere else, I think I'm, I'm with you. You mentioned they've been outscored, the Arizona Cardinals, 40, 64 to 7 in the fourth quarter. You got Josh Dobbs, who's turned the football over frequently as of late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, six fumbles on the year, which is wild. It's like top three in the NFL right now. Um, so they're going to present some opportunities. And I like what you said, getting back to the basics, right? Uh, be where you're supposed to be. Gap integrity offensively, getting to the right protection, slide the protection when you need to, use your running back. And on the outside, you just got to win. Because the Bengals, when it came down to winning time, they manned us up, but we were not able to get loose. Look, we got superstar wide receivers. Time to play like a superstar every play. And they're capable of it. And I mean every play. And that means the plays that you're not getting the ball, once you're not the target for. Uh, look, Gino, man, he, he don't care who's out there. Right. I'm going to throw it to the guy who's open. So get open. And then let's not be forcing the ball. We're best when Gino says, I'm going to get take what the defense gives us. Um, but we're not playing since Cincinnati truly is one of the best coverage teams I've seen in the secondary. Uh, this one will be different. Um, they're going to give us heat. So we got to get open quick. Against Cincinnati, we needed to protect to get open late. And so it'll be a very different game uh, from a, uh, a game plan standpoint. And let's just get in the red zone and put up some points. Touchdowns. Or let's, let's score from 40 yards out. Or that. You know, in basketball, sometimes you just got to get easy buckets. 
right? I mean, the old fast break. I mean, let's get some easy buckets. If we got to get the rebound and set our offense every single play, man, we're working really hard. And look, some teams say, well, we're going to shell you to death and, and force that down, uh, make you work hard. That, that works for a little bit. You know, when you start hitting things in the middle of the field and they start tightening it, uh, tightening up on you, then you've got you to go over the top. I like that. I like that because it, as soon as you said it, you know what I thought of? I thought of, okay, grabbing a rebound, setting it up, walking in the ball up to half court and running your offense, that's a 15-play drive, right? Now, fast breaking it, boom, grabbing the board, dishing it out, hitting the outlet and going, that's a 6-7 play drive, which means you're getting explosive plays over 25 and 30 yards. And uh, we haven't had a lot of those. By this time of the year last year, Ken Walker had – so far, his longest runs this year have been 36 and 31, I believe. By this time last year, he had already had a 60-yard run. Um, and on the outside, DK already had a 40, 50-yard reception. He hasn't had that yet. So I love the way you described that because it, it made me envision exactly what this offense needs to do. It's very hard to go 12, 14 plays because there's a, turn, there's a penalty. Right. Uh, you don't convert on a third down, all that stuff. And like every once in a while, look, I, I think for Gino, I don't want him to force the ball. Last week, I thought, you know, when he was conservative, maybe he could have taken that shot. And, and at times when he took that shot, it was like, ah, not that time. Um, and I, he's bounced back every time he hasn't played well for us. I expect the same thing Sunday. Okay. Devin with a spoon. He's put together three, four games now. Yes. One well, more would yeah, be yes. nice. He's, he's capable. And again, I'm, I'm excited to see what we do. We more turnovers, too. We, didn't get, we only had one turnover last week. All right. A hey, special thanks to Nick Ballore and Jake Bobo for joining the show. Our board operator is Max Strobel. On-site engineers, the lovely Brenna Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. And our executive producer is Nash Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.